What's up, YouTube? This is not the Grass Factor. This is his hairier, much older brother, Mr. Ryan DeMay, sitting in here for Matt, the Grass Factor Martin tonight. Uh, We've got a couple changes here tonight. Matt is on the road. He is trying to work his way back down to Knoxville. He did call me a little bit ago. I did hear some banjos playing and perhaps a squirt of silicone-based lubricant coming out of the tube. Wasn't sure. He hung up very quickly, and so did I. That said, Mr. Ray out in Hawaii, he's still doing his thing, trying to teleport into us on his DSL dial-up modem. Oh, we got him. Ray. He's talking, but I can't hear him. I don't know if anybody else can hear him. I can't. I can't either. Ray, we know that you miss us. Wait, is he going to unmute? He's fingering the mic. He's fingering it, but it's still not talking to us. You got to blast it harder than that, Ray. Ray. All right. We'll come back to Ray. While we're getting getting Ray sorted out, we are joined here tonight by a very, very special guest, Mr. Rob Palmer, also known as Turf Therapy on YouTube. Rob, welcome. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. How we doing? I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's really, really interesting to see. Oh, you're doing really, that's good. That's good. It's really interesting to have somebody of, uh, I think, your stature. You know, we've had some really interesting folks on the program so far, but uh, I think your story is probably one of the more unique and really genuine ones of folks getting along here. You know, not, um, you know, the the 30-something-year-old dude that buys his house and gets started in it. Nothing wrong with that or anything like that, but... Uh, I've been inspired truly like really been inspired by how you got into it, what you've done so far and kind of where you're at. And so hopefully, you know, we can learn even more and dive a little bit deeper, but why don't you tell our listeners, viewers, whatever, um, how you got to be sitting, uh, across the camera from us tonight and talking to the all pro turf show. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Um, so a little background on me. My, well, my name is Robert Palmer, like the famous singer dancing with the girls. You know, mm. um, oh, I know. But, uh, I've seen it. <laughs> so I've been in uh, I'm an active duty service member. I've been in the military for 15 years. Uh, my um, MOS, which is my job, my specialty is an explosive ordnance disposal technician. Uh, my first MOS when I joined was a medical laboratory specialist. And then I shifted over to EOD after five years of service. Um, wow. I. I, I got started in lawn care. It was it was really an accident, to be honest. So uh, I moved into the house that I'm currently staying in right now when I got stationed at Aberdeen Proving Ground in Maryland. As Northern Maryland, as we call it the top of the bay because it's pretty much like at the top of the Chesapeake Bay. Um, mm-hmm. But so there was this hole in my backyard in the same spot where, you know, I have the most shaded part in my yard and my dogs kept like, eating mud out of it. And then the contractors who cut the grass out here in this community, they kept like doing a terrible turn in this one spot. And it was like making a huge hole, like a huge muddy hole. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to fix this. So of course, the first thing I did was I hopped on YouTube just to see if there was any fix for it. Now, when I tried mm-hmm. to do this, it was like spring, late spring, almost early summer. And I realized that this wasn't the best time to go after trying to level out that hole, but I was intrigued, you know? And when I was out there, just like trying to apply some of the basic fundamentals that I picked up over YouTube, I realized while I was out there, I spent a, I spent an entire weekend outside. And then I got some of the best sleep I'd had in a very long time. And I realized that it allowed me to unplug. 
it just, you know, it, it allowed me to unplug and we'll call it noise. Some other people call it other things. I call it like a constant white noise I have in my head a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what long care did for me is it just like it killed all the noise. And I'm not talking about like having headphones on and vibing out to some music. No, it was literally like just focusing on that thing in front of me and trying to improve it. And then it blossomed into this. We're here, <laughs> so of course there's no. That's that's really the start and uh, and me arriving here. But that's that's a synopsis. That's a short version. What's going on, Barry? How you doing? No, that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm getting some word that we might not be live on YouTube yet. If we aren't, um, uh, we might. YouTube is might keep angry. Rolling. It doesn't like YouTube the... is angry with us. It, yeah, I'm s- apparently sending too high quality uh, to YouTube for it. Uh, oh wow! It might be. Which, that's because Robert Palmer's here. I mean, <laughs> the keyword kicked back and was like, "Dude, this guy's gonna is he is he gonna break it down?" Robert, with some bringing down the internet. I broke it, Matt. <laughs> Matt, I broke it. <laughs> caller, caller, turn down your radio, caller. <laughs> Are we so J Pink? What do you want us to do here? Uh, I'm trying to fix. So if we're still um, we're still on Twitch though, right? We're still on Twitch. Yeah, we're still on Twitch. YouTube said current frame rate is too high. Please set it to 30 or less. Man, we were 60 frame frames rate. per second on YouTube. Claims we're going wow. live. Claims we're going live. Claims. You let me know. When good we're going connection. Live. Okay, we're live. Uh, What's up, live. YouTube? We are live. If you were on Twitch, this is the second time we're going live. It was that good that we had to do it over again. And that reason is because we are here with a, ge- a very, very special guest. Before we get started, though, I do want to let everybody know this is not Matt Martin. I am not Matt Martin. However, I am his older, slightly hairier, well, more than slightly hairier brother. And with us tonight, I've got time our good friend, it was that good that we Ray Ito. Anybody hear that? Okay. You got Ray Ito here out of Hawaii. He has dialed in, dialed up, and got his DSL connection all the way from Waikiki Beach out to here, live in the J-Pink studio, beaming us, uh, beaming to us from there. Ray, how are you this evening? Uh, he disappeared again. Ray disappeared again. It is a technology yep. disaster right now, but... We have very, very capable hands working on it. But with me, even more importantly, is our special guest for tonight, Mr. Robert Palmer, also known as Turf Therapy on YouTube. Robert, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. I've had a very long week, but uh, I'm happy. to. I've been looking forward to this all week. It feels like Friday, even though it's not. uh, Yeah, you know. That's why we do. That's what we call. Yeah, we were gonna call it "Wreck Your Weekend Thursday" because you know, if you have a few too many of the uh, the Thirsty Thursday beverages, it might really like ruin your weekend. But so far, that hasn't happened, and, and hopefully, it won't tonight. But uh, no, seriously, thank you for being on. Um, I we we did this intro once already on Twitch. If you're watching again, sorry. Uh, but it, I, I just wanted to say this so everybody on YouTube could hear it. But uh, Robert has a really cool and interesting background. Uh, not even just in life, but also in the way that he got to turf and the way that he really embraced it and made it a part of his life and for very special reasons, I think. And so uh, definitely one of the most genuine guys that you will ever meet uh, in terms of his uh, affinity for turf. I've enjoyed watching him from afar. Uh, I know Matt and him have a very special relationship that 
that goes back several years and trying to, uh, you know, get get him uh, better and on the right track and, and really kind of get more results out of his lawn. So, Robert, I'm interested to hear your story. I mean, I think you told it once and, and that was your warm up, you know, for, for the live the live stream with 100 plus people. Yeah, it was a good warm up. You had to get warmed up. But uh, <laughs> yeah. if you could tell it again to the folks on YouTube, just how did you get here from being you know, Robert Palmer, who was just named after the famous dancer that got down with all the ladies to being Robert Palmer turf therapy on YouTube. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. What's going on, Cam? How you doing, man? Uh, so my name is Robert Palmer. My friends call me Rob. People on YouTube call me turf. I'll accept them all. And at work, they call me Palmer. So speaking of work, uh, I've been in the active duty military uh, army specifically for 15 years, I'm an explosive ordnance disposal technician. Uh, I just received my master badge, uh, if you know what that means, uh, as of like two days ago. So I qualify for that. So that just means that I have not killed anyone or myself, um, or at least anyone I wasn't supposed to. But uh, <laughs> but um, so I, I got into lawn care because uh, it was clear. It was just it was literally on accident. I was trying to fix a hole in the backyard. And uh, mm -hmm. the contractors that cut this uh, community out here, they did a terrible job at like a pivot turn in the backyard. So it was creating this hole that my dogs kept like playing in and eating the mud out. So, uh, of course, where else would you go to find uh, valid sound information on how to take care of your lawn other than YouTube? So I went to the YouTubes and I looked for a strategy to fix this problem. And literally, I was just out to fix the hole. So uh, mm -hmm. I very quickly realized because it was late spring, early summer that it wasn't as it wasn't necessarily the best time for me to go after a cool season long when it comes to leveling off. So mm -hmm. I decided to hold off, but I was very intrigued on the fundamentals and the stuff that I learned in a very short period of time and decided, you know, I remember when I was a child having a decent lawn and um, my dad. I remember when it was my chore, I would just mow it as low as possible. So I didn't have to mow it for a while. I thought that, you know, that was the best thing to do. So I wanted to get the, a little bit of that back. And while I was out there, I also noticed that all the noise, I call it noise. I call it static, uh, white noise. Uh, other people will call it mm -hmm. something else. But I was really <laughs> able to unplug. I was able to unplug. And for once, uh, I didn't, I wasn't in my mind. I had to focus on what I was doing and I really enjoyed it. So I had the the best sleep I ever had. Well, not ever had, but it was the best sleep I had in a very long time. And then I just stuck mm -hmm. with it and just ran down the rabbit hole. And uh, fast forward two years later, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Now somewhere no, in between that's, there, that's I started the YouTube channel. I started the YouTube channel to uh, really the 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 point in starting my YouTube channel was it was the first true hobby that I like really had outside of the military. My whole career up until about three years ago, it's always been it's always been about the mission and taking care of my soldiers. That's what I've been stuck on. That's what I've uh, focused on. And sadly enough, uh, most service members, they give so much to their country by the time they leave, they don't know who they are. Uh, they have no mm -hmm. hobbies. Now, a lot of them, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them, they get so wrapped up into the mission that when you leave, you don't even know what to do with yourself. It's like, oh, I have hands, nothing's in them. What do I do with them? So mm -hmm. I, I, I thought it was really cool to, to have that. And I wanted to share that with other service members. So literally the mission was to drive, drive awareness to like, Hey guys, go out there and maintain your lawn and you might feel a little better. You know, the things that you may be struggling with from a deployment or just life in general. 
um, it, this could possibly be a fix for you. So here we are today. Seriously, that that is so amazing that you do that. And I guess that before we even really dive into the grass, but what's the response been? You know, from active duty uh, or or folks that have been honorably discharged or or retired or whatever. What's been the response from the military community in terms of your you're trying to embrace that notion of hey, the mission's over, but there's still something to do and something you can be productive in and, and kind of lose yourself in, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. The uh, installation that I'm assigned to out here, Aberdeen Proving Ground, Maryland, they actually did an article on me last season. Uh, they, you know, they were highlighting that a soldier was doing something and spending his time. They actually came by the house, uh, took pictures. Um, oh no, 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 they didn't come out. They were going to, but because of you know that thing, they didn't. I had to mm-hmm. take my own pictures and send them to. But uh, that was the initial plan. <laughs> but so yeah. they wrote an article on me to kind of let soldiers know. So it kind of worked out. It was just like I was trying to drive awareness. Of course, I shared it with all of my EOD brethren. And I thought they were really just going to make fun of me initially, but they didn't. They embraced it. Uh, a handful of them started gardens themselves. They spent a lot of time with their family outside. Uh, one of my really good friends, um, he started one with his daughter and he was like, bro, Rob, like this is the best time I've ever had with my daughter, like spending this time with my daughter. He's not really into the lawn care, but he he picked up a garden because also I picked up gardening along the way. So, yeah. We working. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. That's, no, that's, that, again, that's just amazing that you have that point of connection with folks and can get the, the message out that, you know, it's not just yard work, right? There, there is a, a certain calm that comes over you when you just like put yourself in there and start doing it. And you, I think what you've said on your videos a lot is just seeing the results, like not only just like the instantaneous ones of, Hey, I just mowed and I striped and this looks cool, but like also that long-term thing of, Hey, let's, you know, let's work on my soil. Let's get a soil test and let's develop a fertility plan and all that kind of stuff. So that's amazing. So tell us what kind of grass you're working with. You said you're in Aberdeen, Maryland. I think you, before you had said that's in Northern Maryland. So kind of just give us the background on what's the climate like, you know, for the folks that aren't familiar with the mid Atlantic and what are you working with turf type wise? So I have, uh, so when I started, it was turf type, tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass in the front and the back. So my, my front, the main portion of my lawn is probably 1200 square feet. And then I commandeered a huge section on the side plot, uh, along the way. And it doesn't technically belong to me. It's like a common space, but no one gets angry with me or stops me. So I just keep going with it. It's become like an attraction in the community. People walk by, but so that side plot, I assumed that it was Kentucky bluegrass and turf type tall fescue, like uh, the front and the back. But that wasn't the mm-hmm. case. I later found out that it was a construction blend of a whole bunch of a lot of just random stuff, but mostly perennial rye, which uh, okay. makes sense because it's just a construction blend. So uh, mm-hmm. right now, though, I'd argue that my lawn is probably at 80% Kentucky bluegrass in the front, 20% fescue. And then probably about 60% uh, Kentucky bluegrass in the back, 40% fescue. With in, in the little corner back there, I have some um, fine fescues, just a really dark, dense seed uh, shade mix that I threw in that one little corner that only gets about three hours of sun at the best time of the year, mm-hmm. you know, when the sun is at its highest point in that pattern. Uh, so, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm worried. So now because I discovered that I was working with a rye on the side plot and not necessarily as much fescue as I thought I overseeded mm-hmm. 
with a perennial rye Kentucky bluegrass mix this past uh, uh, fall. Yeah. Gotcha. But instead of okay, trying to so... fight it, instead of trying to fight it, I yeah. just, you know, I, I just figured I'd work with what I had and I'm pretty sure someone would have lost their mind if I would have killed off that whole side plot and started from scratch. So uh, people would have started paying attention. They would have got panicked. So, um, and as far as the climate out here, it's, it's, uh, it's weird, you know? So it, uh, it, it has its perks because during the winter I stayed warmer uh, being next to the water than uh, people that didn't um, uh, let's say a hundred miles inland. Um, I, and in the gardening realm, I'm like, I'm a seven B technically on the map, but I'm able to pull off things that you would have to be in seven A to do. Um, or did mm-hmm. I have that backwards? Seven A. I'm a seven A, but technically my climate feels a little warmer sometimes because of you know just being right here next to the water. The flip side of that, though, I deal with a lot of humidity. So my first year, I I, I got bit really bad with fungus because I was just pushing too much nitrogen at the wrong time of the year. I didn't know anything about dethatching or anything like that. So I, I I learned my lesson that year, and then I just applied what I learned from the year previous. But it's pretty pretty moderate and then during the summer it can get pretty warm so like my lawn the side plot's most likely going to check out probably around july i don't have irrigation i'll try my best to keep her going mm-hmm. but you know hmm. you only could do what you can do so far so yeah no that's true it's that's, that's true and and no that's that's a pretty good synopsis there on the climate i mean i think it's one thing people get uh lost in that aren't from you know the midwest or over into the mid-atlantic and don't realize like it's it's challenging in the summertime, right? Like you are, you are blessed in terms of the, the wintertime where it just doesn't get too cool, but man, it gets hot and humid there in the summertime oh, yeah. up there in the mid Atlantic. And so, uh, and so that's what I'm saying is like trying to grow, you know, you talked about fungus and stuff like that. So, you know, the perennial ryegrass, first thing that's coming to my mind is like gray leaf spot, you know, and then um, brown patch on your tall fescue. So when, when did those things start to flare up for you? Like last year when you started noticing it and, what what was your workaround or what did you try to do to get yourself out of it? Just back off in and, and did you use any fungicides or anything like that? Or what was your strategy there? So, so the first year is the only year I dealt with fungus last year. I didn't mm. deal with any because I applied a few different cultural practices that actually shaked out pretty well for me along with the application. But that first year I got bit, I tried propiconazole. Mm-hmm. It helped with the brown patch. And really, I didn't even catch it on the side plot because I wasn't maintaining the side plot at all. I wasn't. You, I would just spread extra fertilizer over there. Whenever I had extra, I would just like, all right, whatever, I'll do a pass and then I'd <laughs> leave it be. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until the end of that first season where I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I want more mowing action. I want to be able to stripe and I need to do that over there. Um, but for, for the next season, I ended up using um, Headway G and I use mm-hmm. it in a preventative sense and then creeping up into the uh, to that disease triangle for this time of the year for me, what I did was I started bagging. Well, first I made sure I get a, okay. I did a really good dethatching that fall. And then in the spring mm-hmm. I risked it, but I think it paid off. I did a light dethatching because it was still pretty, a pretty nice buildup. So I bagged okay. all my clippings. I reeled in the end and I did a preventative application of headway G. And I did that for the front and the back and the side plot. And I didn't have any issues. So just doing those things removed it. And then mm-hmm. um, and then I was good to go. And this season, I wasn't even going to do a bunch of side application, but I'm about to leave. I'm about to PCS here soon. 
Um, and I didn't want just like extra product laying around. So I just went ahead and applied the, the remainder at the preventative rate again, and then um, used up the last bit of that and spreaded some extra on the uh, other side plot, like the, the, the where I have like my line of inspiration on my neighbor over there. And then um, <laughs> I spreaded the rest over there just to call it good. <laughs> No, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. I mean, yeah, you don't want to, you got to liquidate before you, before you do that PCS. Although are you moving yourself or are you having movers come in and do it all for you? So it depends. My location has changed. Um, I was, uh, I was going to one location. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. now being told I'm going to a different one. We'll save that for the after show. We'll dig into it. Um, because I haven't sure. released it on my channel yet, but if you're if you're a member of the if the after show squad, I'll share it over there for you guys. So you got to hang around for that. But um, oh, yeah. So I, I, no, I had to ask. I don't. I had to ask. <laughs> we'll get into. No, it no, no. I don't really show. care where you're going. I, yeah, no. The after show. That's good. That's good. No, I was just gonna say. Yeah, you know, moving, uh, moving it'll be. It, it could be a partial ditty, is what we call it when you you move do it yourself a little bit of it because I have to move part mm-hmm. of my garden somewhere else. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, um, and then I'll have the government come and pack everything else up. No, I, I, I'm just saying that my, my, uh, my younger brother is in the army as well. And so I, I'm, I'm well attuned oh, okay. to how PCS works. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah I know he's yeah, always yeah. looking for that extra weight to throw in the truck of like, ah, you know what? Throw a 50 bag of fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. I know how that works. That works. Was, you load was up on all your do? stock for the next. Uh, so, uh, he is a, uh, came in as a registered dietitian. And now okay. he is in hospital administration. And so he's been nice. all over. I think he's he's got about 10 or so years in now. So he's a he's a major in uh down in Virginia now. Okay. So won't go he's much a, oh, go he's further right than that. Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not too far. He's not too far. So but yeah, so that's I, I mean, again, at. that's why I, yeah, you do. I that's why I appreciate <laughs> again the military piece and everything like that, because uh you're right. I mean, there again, there's just so much, and I could go on all night about that. But in any regard, uh, yeah. So the uh, that's interesting. I really, you know, the thing I love about your approach is you mentioned, and I know where you got this from, and I, I'm not, I'm gonna drop that bomb in a minute because I think Matt told me to mention something about it. But you mentioned the disease triangle, and that's a yeah. that's a really technical term. You got that from the Master Gardener class, didn't you? Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you're not one of those master gardeners. That's what I was. I was told to ask if you were one of those master gardeners that knows everything. No, no, I don't That's know good. everything. I know very little. But I, I think the course, if you walk into it with, so for me, I just like to absorb as much knowledge as possible in anything that I'm interested mm-hmm. in, and it wasn't necessarily for the. Uh, allocates that oh i'm a master gardener you should listen to everything i have to say absolutely not really Mm -hmm. what i was more interested in was plugging in with a network of gardeners that had experience in my direct region because you can look Mm -hmm. all day on youtube in articles about all these other places where all these other things work really well but there's no better information than right there in your hometown in your home circle so and that's really how i that that's when i I built everything from lawn to garden off of my extension office. And I know that all extension offices aren't created equal, but those guys, I mean, when you go back and you see my first videos, it looks like I'm teaching you, but really I'm just showing you my process of learning. That that was <laughs> that really was all it was, just getting as much information as possible. 
No, I love that approach because I think you're right. I think the 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 two things that people don't realize that they can take advantage of in in a lawn sense, right, is that number one, that network of people is so huge, right? It's so critical to success. And you've obviously reached out, like you've connected with Matt and you've connected with other people that are, you know, smarter in one way or the other, right? Not necessarily like yeah. the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, there's my cat. That's yeah. <laughs> right. he, he, she she she's she's old. She's like uh, going on twenty years old, want. and she just likes to come. She uh, I do not get in her way. Trust me, Robert. There's three <laughs> women in this house. She's one of them. I do not get in their way ever, Leave ever. So smart man. Smart that's man. right. Smart. Yes, sir. So on that master gardener thing, though, the network is so huge, and I think that that's something that you're right. That a lot of those folks are definitely plant garden vegetable all that kind of stuff minded but then on the flip side of that too is the training piece is like i've gone through that training myself and have seen that you know if you if you try to like cross-reference that to what we learn in turf school or something like that probably 80 percent of it applies right in the general foundational sense and so i think that there's a lot that could be taken away from that uh both in terms of just the the content right Number one and number two, the camaraderie and the networking and just knowing people and pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I've never seen yeah. this before. Have you ever?" And and the, that's the thing is like even the know-it-alls, like the busybodies, and you know who you know who I'm talking about, the type, right? They're they're everywhere in all the master gardener circles, but um, they just want to help. They really do just want to help, and I think mm-hmm. that's an endearing quality about those type of people. And so. I don't know, I guess from that standpoint of, um, I guess from a gardening standpoint, let's start there because that's something that maybe people that don't want you, maybe don't know about you, but tell us how important or how the gardening piece fits into also the turf piece and maybe some of the similarities that you've seen and picked up on and some of the differences, you know, for people that might be into one or the other, but maybe not both like you are. Right, right. So uh, gardening, um, so there comes a time between June to August for me where nothing's really happening in the lawn. I kind of just got to take a knee because of the heat that builds up out here. It's just, you know, it's nothing I can do about it. But um, I stumbled across what we know as gardening um, off of YouTube. There's this gardener. He's a, he's actually a uh, YouTube guy. He's called, his name is Lev Farmer 73. My wife found him. And I'm watching this guy, and she was watching him. She wasn't into really gardening. I think she was just watching him to watch him. And he was like, what is your excuse? Why Why aren't you gardening? Like, why aren't you growing some sort of food source at your house? And if you're about to make an excuse, there'll never be a good time. Stop making excuses. And this dude seemed like the closest version of a drill sergeant to me. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I just respond. I respond to that. Like, And I was just like, he's mm-hmm. right. Why am I not growing anything? So I really took yeah. to it off of like a challenge first. Like I can do this. Let me go do it. And mm-hmm. um, and he struck a nerve in me. It was like a tap on the shoulder. So I jumped into it head first without any idea what I was doing. I like I did zero research. I just dived in. I picked a whole bunch of seeds, came home, dropped them all at the same time. I had cool season crops with warm season crops. I didn't understand oh, anything I was doing. And I just kind of had to learn as I went along with it but right off the back the first thing that i realized was gardening is in a way similar to turf in a lot of ways whereas you have your warm season turf and your cool season turf and you have the best time of the year for those different crops so i was very easily able to put that together 
And then I already understood how to properly feed my lawn. So then I just took that and I transferred that over to, hey, so, you know, this this is a vegetable that's going to flower. So what does that mean? That means I probably want to put a little bit more potassium, a little bit more phosphorus in there uh, to help that plant out. So the, all those things just came really natural to me because I'd already had a good foundation in the turf. So, um, and then the best part about it all, to be honest, is when you go outside, when you need something and you don't have to go mm-hmm. to the store, like, it's like, oh, my wife the other day, she was doing something and she was like, oh, I forgot to get garlic. And I was like, you need garlic? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll go get garlic. And she was like, you got to go to the store. I was like, well, I'm going to our grocery store in the front yard. So I went out there, pulled up some garlic, came in the house, rinsed it off. And the level, the flavor it's, it's, it's nothing. It'll ruin you. I'm telling you, it will ruin you. You grow your own food, you eat it for the first time. And you're just like, I don't ever want to buy a tomato again. Uh, I, I remember yeah. when we were like, she would pick up a sandwich and whenever like the tomatoes and the lettuce and all that and the spinach is in at the same time, around the same time, keep all your condiments. I'm going to the house and put my own tomatoes on here. I'm putting my own lettuce on here. And it just elevates the sandwich completely. Takes to a whole new level. No. Onions. Onions out of this world when you grow them yourself. So that, really? uh, yeah, yeah, man. They're re- and then the thing is, how many times have you bought onions and then you put them somewhere and then within like two, three weeks, you go back to them and they're already going bad? Oh, all the time. All the time. That's some bull because the average onion yeah. shelf life should be anywhere between six to eight months. That means that onion was pulled out the ground, sitting somewhere in some warehouse for like six months before you got your hands on it. That's crazy. That's so imagine that like is crazy. Picking, I'm learning picking something. your food, picking your food. Right. And it's still living like there. I mean, obviously it's dying as soon as you pick it, but you're eating food with life <laughs> and mm-hmm. eating food with life is a whole nother experience. You said, what's the one crop in your garden you've obsessed over as much as turf? That's a good, I was going to, I was just going to ask that question. Like what, what is your like, man, if I, if I had to like nix everything besides grass in this one plant, what would it be? Or this one, you know, vegetable, whatever the case might be. So there, there's a plant that I never knew what it, I never even heard of this plant until I started gardening. And it is the most interesting, but rewarding plant that I think that I would grow every opportunity I have. And that mm-hmm. plant is, uh, a um kohlrabi purple kohlrabi like that's that's my jam a purple kohlrabi is my jam and it tastes it's like this sweet nutty taste it looks like it's not from this planet that's just like the best (laughs) description i can give you it's purple it's got like leaves coming out of it but it's really good um but other than that no i i just enjoy the experience of planting one seed and watching it turn into a huge plant you know that's that's dope that's dope that's dope to me. I, 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 and that, yeah, that really is. That, that That's the thing about, you know, turf that you don't get murder. because it's a perennial crop, right? What? Someone called food me a murderer. Food murderer. <laughs> hey, I mean, we wouldn't be living, right, if we weren't all food murderers. So, yeah. Yes. Call me a... You have to murder yes. some food, bro. You have to. And sometimes, sometimes it's fresh garlic for your wife out of the garden. Other times it's like a McDouble at 2 o'clock in the morning and you just... There's no judgment here. We're in a safe space. It. It's all good. Get it's it. all good. That's right. <laughs> but you got to take that McDouble home and put some fresh tomato on it, damn it. All right? That's Otherwise, right. we are going to judge keep, you. 
you keep your dead condiments. Them things have been dead for like three months. You keep that. I'm going to go put some living stuff on it. Well, some freshly murdered yeah. stuff. Fresh. <laughs> You're like the Dexter of, of uh, food. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. So, okay. So on the, the turf stuff then, you know, how in terms of like building your, your programs, you know, quote unquote, not necessarily even just products, but like tools and equipment and everything is like, how have you figured out like what's going to work? Like, is it just like, it sounds like with your garden, you were just like, I'm going to try this and just go for it. Is that how you are with turf too? Are you more careful? And just like, as a follow up to that, it's just how have you amassed the tools, the equipment, the products to figure out, okay, Hey, this is what I need to do next. And this is what I need to do next and so on and so forth. So I definitely started just like, um, you know, I got a little bit of information and I just, I ran with it, but due to the nature of my job, I tend to like get something and read it front to back. Uh, when, when you're doing EOD work, you have to read the instructions period. Like you go in there, there's no way that you can memorize how to safety every fuse or how to properly dispose of every piece of ordinance. So you become a very, uh, it, it becomes ingrained in you to read instructions. Right. So I, I, I found a few videos. I got a good foundation. Once I got that good foundation, I then kind of just started doing my own thing. I like to call it um, adaptive planning, right? So the first thing that I did was get a soil test and I got a soil mm-hmm. test and then I had, I had a plan in my head, but I watched the turf like every day, just like I watch my garden every day. And then mm-hmm. I, I go to places like the grass factor to where I can like get some Matt, Matt Martin lingo and, and learn. You better be careful doing that. <laughs> you better be careful doing that, Robert. I'm telling you right now, I will confuse so I you is... so much. You can't get anything accomplished. It's pretty hard. Dad, is that you? Me. When, when, <laughs> when, uh, when, when you learn, when you, when you can understand how to take care of a scud missile, uh, it's very hard. What I do is I just record you and then I go back and I Google everything you say. I always, I, you know, I trust you on the surface, but then I go and I make sure, you know, that you weren't giving me lies. And then of course I check with the real master gardeners too. Cause you know, they know everything, but no, I'm joking. But so I, I do that and then, <laughs> Oh no. I, <laughs> yeah, you better Google what I say, because I'm going to end up having you spray some warm season herbicide. There. With some MSA. That's right. That's what you told me to spray. You, yeah, Matt, but, Matt told but, me to spray my Dallas grass with MSMA. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, you you always start with a soil test, right? I started with a yeah. soil test, and that's where I built my plan. I looked at what the results said. I went to my uh, local CCA, um, and then I had him explain what the results meant. And of course, every soil test. They, they'll tell you to just do these things twice a year and you're good to go. And I knew, obviously, that probably wasn't the best way to do it. And I wanted to stretch it out so I could have something to do throughout the entirety of the year. So I, I made sure I did that research and I would bounce it up against other sources. Of course, I would go down the rabbit hole on the interwebs and try to put things together. But then fertilizer, I have a very intimate relationship with fertilizer due to the nature of my job. So like that was really easy for me to grasp what I was looking at in these different products as well. 
And then as I continue to use things like uh, a factory tip from a particular company, I realized that factory tip was trash. So then I went on the hunt to find better tips because I wanted to be a more uh, responsible applicator. So uh, then I found on the lawn forum about these T-Jet tips and how much better they were. So I ordered them, especially for their price point. I mean, it was an easy win. So I got mm-hmm. this. So like, that's literally how I get things as I go. Like the Jack Dell PJB 16 that I run, that thing is sweet. It is one of the most underrated backpack sprayers out there. Um, and it just doesn't get a lot of love because famous YouTubers aren't spraying it on their channel, I guess. I don't know, but I really which, like that. Back which one is it? Because it's expensive. The... That's because it's oh, an expensive yeah. sprayer. It's dumb expensive. It, it absolutely is. But the best thing about it, I mean, it regurgitates and it sprays out every time, every single time, every down to the last drop. I don't have any issues. So I really like the sprayer. What can I say? Which one is it? <laughs> Jack Dell PJB 16. It's a European company, I believe. I Actually, uh, Jack Dell is Brazil. Jack Dell is Brazil. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually looking at one of their machines because it is super similar to the machines that I use. Oh, it's, I mean, it's not, it is kind of expensive, but it's not stupid expensive for what it's you get. I don't, I don't, for what you get. I mean, for what you get. It's quality, man. And then that battery life on that thing. I probably charge that battery mm-hmm. once every month. And a half. I don't even remember. I, I don't think it's ever died. <laughs> like, I'll go I'll go two months using it and then just plug it back in just to plug it back in um, type thing. And it has a... Uh, so if you're training people or if you really suck at pacing yourself out, it has a built-in uh, pacekeeper as well, so you can like really? hit the little. But yes, it is. It's a there's a metronome. Really there's a metronome on the on the side panel where you click the button and then it gives you a beat to walk through. Am I right? Yep, exactly. And then you can change Are you serious? the one right? as well. Yeah, that's this a pretty is amazing. Metronome, man. I'm I'm in the market for a new one, so you guys just so sold it's got, me. It's got I mean, the onboard regurgitator. It's got just like insane battery life. It's got uh, the tips that it comes with is perfectly fine. You don't it like you can use the tips, the factory tips, and you'll be happy with it. It sprays mm-hmm. at, down to the drippity drop, like the last drippity drop. Is is it, it? Yep, and then variable pressure as well. You got variable pressure, so uh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. But most people shy away I'm, from it because of the price. And it doesn't have a cool, like, gun gun thingy. It's just a normal... Yeah, you know, the, the the gun thingy always kind of, like, threw me off because it's like, I feel like I should be going to, like, the self-serve car wash to spray my lawn, and that's <laughs> not, like, the vibe I want to get. That's not the vibe I want to get at all. So... Um, I do enjoy though if you if if anybody's into Reddit, uh, pressure washing porn on Reddit is actually really good. So it's like you know you see all the dirt on the bricks and everything, and they take it right off. I do enjoy that. There is like some this this like cathartic moment that I enjoy about once a week. I'll watch it, but yeah, there should not be like big, huge like I don't know. I call it the turf Uzi because you're spraying all over the place and you're not at all accurate uh, and 
you're going to get some stuff down, but it might not be in the right place. So I, I don't get those things. But in any event, you mentioned the soil test. Uh, yes. Jay Pink, you got that queued up? Oh, wow. Look at that. Right Bam! in there. On cue. Wow. Oh, wow. Look at that phosphorus. Oh, yeah. No, look at that potassium. Look at that potassium, oh, yeah. actually. That uh, is... it, it, there's, there's a lot going so on there. Test... Wow. This test was uh this was from 2019. I don't remember. J Pink, can you see it at the top? I think it's I think it's 2019. Uh, when... I cut that out because yeah, it had it your address on it. Hold on. No, oh, that's yeah. okay. Thank so... you very much. I appreciate that. No, no, like if you can see it though, I'm pretty oh I can look at it. Like, uh, so this is the only soil <laughs> test that date date received is February of 2020. Okay, yeah. There you go. 2019. Oh, you know what? I redid it because the soil test I did in 2019, I later found out that I, well, the extension office just told me to do another soil test. So I did it. I'll just leave it at that. So, yeah, I mean, so since then, okay, so since this is like, you know, almost two years old, what have you done since? I mean, just relatively speaking, particularly with P and K, have you like, did you look at this and be like, oh boy, I got to, I got to, I got to hammer this or what'd you do? No, I took it. I took the the long and slow approach. Um, during uh, like right now, I I switch over to my three eighteen eighteen leading into the summer. Um, I, I I usually always use some type of balanced uh, fertilizer. I I popped a lot of eight one eight coming into um, the summer as well. Back when it was readily available. Um, hmm. Rest in peace. <laughs> rest, rest here, wait, in wait, peace. wait, 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 wait. Oh. Here, let me pour one. Let me pour one out. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Appreciate that. It was some mm. lemon water. Yep. Uh, but, some, uh, some lemon water. <laughs> <laughs> but I take a balanced approach. Um, I I got with my CCA. I I try to make sure that when I can push the nitrogen a little heavier, I'm always including some potassium and uh, phosphorus along the way. And then when I need it the most, when I think the plant's going to use it the most, late, mid to late spring, I shift over to like a 318.18. I, I used Stress X last year. That did me well. And then I just, I, that, that's really it. And then I'll, and I'll pay attention to the lawn. I think a lot of people don't give paying attention to the lawn enough credit either. Like your plants will tell you, if you're watching them, you know, they'll tell you a lot on the surface. You, yeah. Robert, that has been the weirdest thing for me with you know starting hydroponic growing is you get real time feedback within hours of you know making an adjustment to the pH of your water or uh, even you know increasing your ECC or whatever the case may be. You get I mean hours feedback and that is the coolest thing in the entire world to me is that that real-time, like, almost live feedback loop that you get. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I, I Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I second that. Pat Kelly says, what's my favorite MRE? I don't have a favorite MRE. <laughs> I have a favorite first strike. A first strike, that's my jam. First strikes, is that's that's where it's at. They're way better than MREs. Um, and it's just the one with the French-filled toast. You, what you do, what I used to do, I take the filled French toast, I put it on the tranny and the jerv, and the jerv is a um, joint response 
joint EOD response vehicle. It's a specific vehicle just for EOD personnel, but you put it on the trainee, right? On the transfer case right there in the middle of the seat. And then like after about an hour into an op, it's nice and warm. You flip that joker over, let it sit for another 30 minutes and then you open it up and then boom, you're good to go. It's, it's like it's like having a fresh pastry straight from Dunkin' Donuts or something in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting way of describing it. It's an interesting way. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I love the idea of the balanced approach for sure. Ray, go ahead. And, and what do you think about the balanced approach here? Actually, One thing to keep in mind real quick, and then I'll shut up. I promise. Um, is you're in Maryland, Chesapeake Bay area and pretty tight phosphorus restrictions there. Obviously you got a soil test to justify uh, pretty much as much phosphorus as you want to throw down at nine. I don't even know if that's parts per million or pounds per acre, but uh, just putting that out there for a, yeah, an additional I, piece I use, of information. Yeah, so I use the starter yeah. for going into dormancy and coming out of dormancy. That eighteen twenty four twelve that's on the screen, I actually did pick that up from my local ag store, and I ran that for a while as well. But I figured I didn't need to keep pounding it like that throughout the season. I just took a nice feeder slow and steady type approach and it seems to be working i don't know okay well i'm going to tell you what slow and steady actually looks like okay. no products called starter fertilizer please mm. gotcha. what you do do is you apply something like 111 do you understand what a 111 is uh it's one Oh, you mean like across the board, something that's balanced across the board? Is that what you're saying? Not balanced across one, the board. Or you're just saying like an 888, 16, 16, 16, triple 12, right. like that? Correct. I used a, I correct. Used a triple 12 this year. Yeah. Right. And what you do with year. it is you just feed your 111 whenever the grass needs nutrients because. Your nitrogen, of course, drives uptake of your of your other nutrients, correct? Yes. So, by applying everything in a balance, what will happen is, rather than you accumulating a high amount of any one element that then has the potential to run off or leach through the soil, Instead, your grass is actively utilizing whatever you apply as you're applying it. You see, okay. starter fruit is a very good product when you want a soil load. And soil loading is what I call when somebody wants to accumulate a high rate of one element, like for example, they want to bump up that phosphorus really high right now with the intention of not having to apply again. And I okay. basically turned away from that model of soil loading because soil loading is the past practice that has basically caused states like Maryland to write restrictions into their laws concerning fertilizers. Because I actually, I'm, I'm in an extremely environmentally sensitive area. Guess where? 
Hawaii. Hawaii. Exactly. We're surrounded by the ocean, and anything happens to the reef, the fish, whatever, they start looking at anybody doing anything. And it's not hard to convince them to just say, shut it all down. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, Ray, in that case, then, you know, and what Matt, I think, was leading into is how do you manage in a phosphorus restricted location, geography, whatever? You know, I, I want to get into the BMPs and, and the PPE stuff here in a bit because I think that's important too. But what would you do in this case if you knew, okay, hey, yeah, I'm super low in P and K, but. I'm also in an area where I can't soil load, right? So that means more applications, much tighter intervals, right? And what or, you know, what would you recommend? Yeah, lower rates. So what would you recommend to somebody in terms of finding a product for that? Because the, the one thing that I, and, and I'll just say this real quick, the thing that I hate, and I've seen a lot of comments about this in different groups and in comments around the internet here, this spring is people getting soil tests, which is great. But Robert, if you didn't know any better, look at the soil test. It says apply 5.5 pounds of 1824.12 between whatever in the summertime, essentially, right? So if you didn't know any better, you're just going to go out there and carpet bomb this shit out of the 1824.12 on your lawn and not think anything of it. And this is where the BMPs, the best management practices, come into play. So, Ray, if you could, Break it down. What would you be looking forward to tell somebody, hey, you're going to have to change your entire philosophy on how you're going to supply P and K to your grass, and it's going to be this product or these products and these type of rates and timings? Okay. What I'd be telling somebody is you're going to be applying balance ratio fertilizer at a rate not to exceed half a pound of P per thousand square foot in any one application. And you are going to be doing that throughout the year and during times when active uptake and growth of the grass is occurring. So in other words, if somebody tells me they're going to throw down starter for in the fall or winter when I know that winter rain and snow is going to be coming, I tell them, rethink that, please. Instead, I would want them to be hitting their 111 in the spring, uh, early summer, and even summer if they have the irrigation to keep the grass you know, uptaking and absorbing, and then continuing again during the late summer, early fall active growth period. But what would definitely be out for me is ever telling somebody to throw down a pound of something all at one shot and to do so at a time when I know that the grass is not growing. In other words, I'd be telling somebody, you are going to be feeding up to 
two times a month even, but the amount of materials that you're going to be applying is going to be way less than what you're used to because I'm very familiar with applying fertilizer products in amounts as low as a tenth of a pound of nutrient per application. And that's wild to some people that, you know, they wouldn't think of, of that as being, you know, you'd say, well, geez, a tenth of a pound, what's that going to do? It's not meant to be like a, you know, a big uh, wow factor kind of application, right? This is in, in a case like, you know, Robert's here, that's maintenance, right? Whereas, you know, here, okay, so, you know, to, to kind of flip the script here, Midwest native soil, you know, a well-established lawn, sure, I can go out and, and bomb a pound, right, or 5.5 pounds or whatever the, the, the recommendation was here on the uh, 1824.12, but you just can't do that. And so that's, again, what I, I've seen a lot of folks ask the question, hey, I saw that I should put 5.5 pounds down per my soil test. Can I do that all at once? And I've seen people with like, you know, uh, potassium recommendations of, oh, it said to put three pounds of potassium down. Can I do that all at once and just get it over with? And it's, you know, that's like, hey, um, you know, I don't want to go to uh, Pet Boys and get my oil changed four times this year. So can I just change it once and it'll be good for, you know, 20,000 miles? Oh, no, it's so it's again getting back into getting good recommendations, and so I'm Robert. I'm glad that you were able to sift through this and sort of figure out, you know, some of the the reading in between the lines, so to speak, in terms of yes, extension is good. I agree with you there. I just think it's it's all about context, right? And and a lot of that context is left to the testee in this case to kind of discern what's in there. So Ray back real quick, back on the products piece there is what are some of those products that, that Robert could use in the sense of, okay, Hey, we're going to be doing lower rates, more frequency, um, and, and really not trying to load the soil, but just give the grass what it needs every, whatever it is, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, uh, in that sense. And I understand the timing of, you know, maximum uptake, but what are some of those products that he could look for, uh without getting into the buy my shit realm right uh well i have to ask robert what does he have available to him so right now ray i have 31818 mm-hmm. um 16 and i used up my 12-12-12 in the beginning of the season i opened up my season with 12-12-12 um, and then when I was trying to make sure that my new application was going to take, I dropped a quarter pound of, uh, well, probably lighter than that, but of 2404, I had some good old Carbon X on deck. So mm. Ooh, the, there. the old well. school, the OG good stuff, the OG good stuff, OG, but... OG good stuff, but no, that that's pretty much it. So all I have on hand now is, uh, pretty much just the 31818 from Simple Lawn Solutions, 1648. 12212 is gone. And then I got 720. I got a 7020 for uh for the stress in the summer. But um and then okay. keep in mind I'm about I'm about to leave, right? So I don't really want to be into the product hoarding phase when literally I can be gone in the next 90 days. That's that's how weird things are for me right now. <laughs> so Okay, no, understood. No, understood. No, no. Understood because what 
I usually base a lot of my balance programs on is something called 20, 20, 20. <laughs> and the reason why I use 20, 20, 20 is because that it's is a product. No, that is a product that is extremely effective even when applied at rates of one-tenth of a pound of nutrient per thousand square foot. It's extremely effective because it is literally a product that is, that is extremely water-soluble, and so it actually plays well into my program where I'm normally not applying granular anything and that's another issue that i want to kind of get into because i am like hearing if i'm not mistaken a lot of granular products and in my location i actively avoid throwing down granules i avoid no, those it. are liquid right so well, those, 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 the only thing those products are liquid the three three eighteen eighteen sixteen four eight those mm -hmm. are liquid. The only the only thing uh okay. the only granular I've applied was you know carbon earth for the I had to do it one time for the gram, and then uh and then the twelve 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 I opened my season out with to get a nice foundation. Okay, 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 that, that's excellent. That's excellent because the twenty 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 can literally replace everything. Just about everything. I mean, that's just uh, because what I basically do is here's my fertilizer inventory, by the way 202020, UMAX, which is 4600 stabilized nitrogen, uh, 2600, which is ammonium nitrate sulfate, potassium nitrate, which is 13040. 45 and a product called 06020. And what I'm MPP. doing with all those pro yeah, all, all, all I'm doing with those products is basically customizing my application depending on what the soil test actually told me to do. So if somebody's lower in their potassium, I incorporate a little bit of potassium nitrate into their solution. Low in P, uh, they, they get the 06020 added to their solution, or else in cases where I'm good on my phosphorus and potassium, then they get UMAX and 2600 added to their solution, so I'm not applying as much P and K per application. And for the record, that will generally hold me for a 14 to 30 day application interval. Because I believe in seeing my lawns very often. And somebody just asked, no feature? Okay, feature is a extremely chelated micronutrient powder that is also soluble and 
highly available to the, the turf grass, and it's also compatible with fertilizers containing phosphorus. And I add that in as a micronutrient source, but please understand that I am not chasing extremely green grass. I'm not chasing extremely green grass. I'm after a very natural color that stays stable such that if I'm a little bit late with an application, nobody notices because the grass does not suddenly fall off and turn yellow or not as green as I've been keeping it. You see, my idea is to make it so that it looks like the grass is just always that way and it's not wildly swinging between blue and almost dead. <laughs> I like it. That's All right. Solid. So, yeah, so, hey, Robert, you had a video about PPE. Uh, something like uh, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did that video. This was on my um so I had to cons I had so PPE is very, very important in my line of work being an explosive ordnance disposal technician. If you are not wearing the proper PPE when you're dealing with certain things out there, you can get bit, you get bit pretty bad. So I was very interested in it, it, making sure that I was well informed on the on the topic before I went out there haphazardly just slinging stuff around in my yard. So what I did was I went back to my local extension office and my CCA, my local CCA, he sat down with me and he just walked me through a lot of things. A lot of things I already knew, but I really just wanted to go to someone who had, who was a professional, who was you know, a technician certified in this area that could give me some good quality feedback in the realm. So that's why I did that video. I think it barely got any views, but in the end I learned stuff. So that's what was important. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to find it here. What's up, Clint? I, oh, it's oh, it's it's like it's it's probably like my number six videos. The, like, number six video, I, it was like oh, it was I a was while ago. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an old video. This is in the beginning of learning. Like when I was learning, I was literally just recording it and making videos on it. Yep, this is the video of that. That actually got made right there. My buddy did that for me. EOD brethren, he hooked me up. He wanted to give me a nice little. Uh, gift and that's what it was so that was the intro now I, w I watch my stuff now and i'm like yo this was so long but yeah there they are. i have my multi cameras and we were just walking through it it's long it is long I'm <laughs> but it was a good video i learned a lot with him i learned a lot with him yeah andy because i can tell you that ppe is basically everything because believe it or not i don't look it but i am old enough to remember when turf and agricultural products would actually kill you wow what's up clint <laughs> uh yeah so I mean, no i believe that because uh i live in a world where fertilizer can still kill you so it just depends on who using and doing and i'm not well, perfect by any means and i do i do uh accept um some risk here and there uh 
due to the nature of my ego sometimes, but overall I try to be responsible and I want to make sure that I'm making well-informed decisions and the whole fertilizer will kill you. That's, that's terrorists. That's, that's insurgents using it. No, I I get it. I get it because (laughs) you're speaking to an amateur bomb maker. There we go. So I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Okay. So, so don't, don't need to hint around it because, uh, I know quite well, but I'm talking about, I come from a time where the actual insecticides and herbicides had skull and crossbones on their labels. That's, that's, and you, you know, to be a trailblazer to even be bold enough to still run with it is that's a level, that's a level of, uh, confidence in yourself alone and the label and your interpretation of the label to go out there and still do it uh well <laughs> fbi watching you see now for sure. <laughs> you see the the thing is is that from the 1980s till about 2000 year 2000 that's when i remember all of the crazy toxic stuff being around and i've been a commercial loan applicator since 1991 that's a long time that's almost so what no my brother was born in 91 you're dating yourself right you really are yeah because i I was born in 1972 i was born in 1972 but okay but my point is is that the reason why I'm still around is because I took PP seriously and because back in the old days they they just the labels were written in in the following manner uh, warning may be fatal if swallowed inhaled or absorbed through skin uh but other than that uh there was no big emphasis on it but i looked at that and then i decided oh my goodness this will kill you <laughs> this will kill so what you. did you have to do did was the label super informative or did you have to like dig up the msds and pull off the specific uh equipment that you needed like how did that work back actually then? i'm going to date back to when MSDSs were not a big deal either. That became a thing oh in the 2000s. You was out there playing roulette, right? You're, you're just, you're just well, a, yeah, you're a trailblazer for real. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, I can then, never imagine yeah. not being able to have access to an MSDS sheet on a product. Well, but then because I understood certain things, uh, for example, some of my PPE back in the day included, you know, waterproof and chemical resistant, you know, full body suit, face shield, respirators, and, you know, of course, the chem resistant gloves. And uh, one habit that I acquired that I know I really push on the on the Discord and even on the lawn forum when I'm on is I want 
liquid and chemical resistant footwear when somebody is applying because one of the roots of exposure that becomes chronic is when your shoes your shoes get soaked or contaminated with products and you wear those shoes day after day and every time you stick your feet in them and your feet give off moisture and then the chemical residue on the outside of that shoe then diffuses back onto your feet. Guess what happens to you? And it's furthermore, cutaneous. Yeah, and furthermore, uh, because I always have, you know, liquid and chemical proof footwear when I'm actually making applications, those boots, they live in the back of my service truck. They don't go into any homes, any buildings, not even my own house, not even my own truck. Never. Never, ever. All right, Ray. Well, yeah. what do you think of uh, Robert's gloves here in this video? Terrible. Oh. Well, what product is that an old video? No. No, this is a new video. I'm applying some iron. So. Iron? I, okay, I literally okay. have the gloves on for the sake of um, not getting my hands dyed. That's really it. So Okay, because uh, Robert, the thing that I'm going to tell you is that when dealing with a product that literally calls for chem-resistant gloves, those disposable gloves are not considered chem resistant. I understand. And I, I also okay. do understand that if I made contact, that I need to switch those gloves. And that's a that's lot right. that, you know, it's not on YouTube, but I did go over that in my PPE video. So, you know, if you, if people were to watch that video, they would, yeah, you might not see me talk about it and go over it in the video, but behind the camera, I'm smart enough to do a hot swap. And then I'm also smart enough, depending on the product that I'm using, whether or not I will throw on my actual Seaburn equipment gear. Like I have, I have the over, over boots. I got the chemical level boots and the chemical level gloves. You'll see that, um, especially in the video I was doing when I was doing the T-Jet tips um, mm -hmm. from time to time, and they just breeze by and you'll see me, I'll have the proper levels of PPE on. But like I said, I'm not perfect. And depending on the product, I will assume a little bit of risk understanding the product when I switch up. So, um, and that's a simple long yeah. solution product as well. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that you see, I consider fertilizers in most cases to be what I call the lowest level of hazard. Me too. But then again, you know, I am Going back to my old days where almost everything I handled had that statement, warning, may be fatal. Okay? <laughs> I go back <laughs> to that because, in other words, for people that don't understand, this stuff will kill you. <laughs> Absolutely. This stuff will kill you. It's, and it says when, it right on the label, they, especially when you open up the MSDS. Yeah. Well, not even the MSDS. I've known people that 
have gotten into incredible trouble when, for example, the product has passed through their skin. Incredible trouble. Just something like that. And I remember an instance. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say the one thing with those disposable gloves that's a, that's a concern is not even so much of what passes through, but like if you're not careful and rub up against something and it gets inside the glove, right? It's now pressed up against your skin and it's got a barrier that's just locking it in so that you can have dermal uh, exposure, right? So I'm sure, you know, Robert, you're probably one of the more um, adept people on this subject in terms of the PPE thing because, you know, in your everyday job, it's like a fact of life. It's not even like a... And eh, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. It's <laughs> no, y'all, y'all got to do this, or bad stuff's gonna happen. And 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 Ray lives that. He understands that too. And you know, we, I don't know. That's just one thing. I think I'm glad you did a video on it. I really am. I think that's something that is underrated uh, and undersold right now on YouTube. Is just you know realizing that even the stuff you buy at Lowe's or Home Depot or anything like that like absolutely there's an inherent risk right that you need to assume and take care of yourself and your body and your you know your family whoever might touch that because it's even not you know I've seen people do this too of hey I've got um you know concentrated pesticide I get it on my t-shirt while I'm mixing up oops okay I'm going to take that and throw it in the laundry with everybody's clothes and it's like you just made three-way soup in your in your washing machine what are you doing what are you doing but it's again it's, it's it, just because I, they don't understand though a lot of it's yeah. ignorance i started to cut you off but a lot of it's ignorance. No, you're good. And you know what if i if i came from the world of ray where you know this this oh that's me in my full kim 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 op gear but if i if i came from a world where ray existed i probably would never let my guard down but I play with explosives, so inherently I like to accept a little bit of risk every once in a while. I, I will, I will trade off my comfort in 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 accept that inherent risk in the situation when when smart, you know. Uh, and I'm not saying that you should follow what I'm doing, but I but I challenge you to understand when you're taking a risk. And I think that's if you understand yeah. when you're taking a risk, I think that is more than reasonable. Hey, and I'll say this I, real I, quick I since Matt isn't here, but uh, Johnny Vescu, stop it. There. That's my best <laughs> Matt impression. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, where's, oh, yeah. Where's, stop where's, it, where's, Johnny. You're, you're Johnny making me Unnecessary, sweat, sir. Johnny. Unnecessary, yeah, unnecessary, sir. Unnecessary. That is unnecessary. I'm getting hot. Getting hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making Matt's me sweat. Ta- Matt's in the you're car. You're making me sweat. He's, he's in his but, car right now, and he's taking his entire shirt off. There are no buttons left to be undone. <laughs> <laughs> He's following us right now on YouTube. It's going to get pulled over by the Kentucky State Police then without a shirt yep, on. Yep. Yeah. But, but seriously, Robert, uh, I feel like we are living in an extremely good time because, like, on Monday, I was out treating my customer's lawn for nematodes. Okay, I was making that application and I didn't have anything on as far as PPE is concerned other than my liquid proof boots, long sleeves, long pants and 
rubber gloves, you know, my usual chem spray gloves. If I were doing that same type of application 25 years ago, uh, I'd be in the full chem resistant suit and face shield and respirator under that face shield. You'd have on the SCBA, Ray? You'd be running SCBA in the Tyvek suit? No, not even Tyvek. Tyvek's not good enough because Tyvek allows permeation of liquid. Through the, uh, uh, which way? In or out? I can't remember. In. 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 Tyvek allows liquids in. So, you know, Tyvek is not considered. the, 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 The microns would have to be what? Like, that's at like one to three microns or something. I mean, not to say that our sprayer tips aren't putting them out that small, but yeah, I got you. Well, it's not a matter. It's not a matter of that. And, you know, it's degradation. Speaking to that. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And speaking to the point of, you know, mixing and loading, you know, products. A lot of the, you know, products like even your so-called, you know, three-way or 2,4-D based herbicides. This is an essential part of PPE even to this day, or especially in these days. In certain container sizes, you are supposed to be handling the concentrate only when you're wearing a liquid-proof apron. And that liquid-proof apron prevents a lot of the accidents or problems where something splashes, something spills, the concentrate, you know, splashes back towards you when you're handling and mixing the product. That liquid-proof apron is, I can tell you how many times that liquid-proof apron has saved me. Quite a few. Uh this, this, uh, I, I don't know if this guy is trolling or not, but I'd like to address him. Um, his name is Pete, Pete Detragali. He says, so humic isn't necessary. Micronutrients and sea kelp, uh, that isn't necessary. People using compost are wrong. Also, I guess organic is way to go for long-term success. And I tell you, Pete, there's, there's years, years of, uh, scientific data that, uh, if you're, if, if you're to think that science can't help and, and thinking that organics is the only way to go full organic, uh, a lineup, full organic lineup is the only way to go and achieve a healthy set of turf. I said that you have been stared terribly wrong. You have the equivalent of uh, understanding to the person who also thinks that if you use a nuclear device, that it is a wasteland for the next 200 years. I would challenge you to go and actually take a moment and do a little bit of research, go to your local extension office and visit your CCA, and they will explain to you when applied properly, following the label, and being a responsible applicator, that you can achieve a lawn with organics and non-organic compounds. That's all I got on that. I'll just follow up real quick and say that it's a situation where stuff is being sold now under the moniker title flagship of uh, 
organic and uh, natural and humix and things like that. And there is nothing wrong with them. I've used them. I still use them in certain cases, right? There, there's there's a tool in the toolbox for a reason, right? When it's needed. And so the only thing I'll say about this is the only to say that's the only way for long-term success is a bit naive. Yes. And I don't mean to say that in a, na- in a negative way. I'm not trying to be, you know, put that in, in a pejorative term that you don't know what you're talking about. It's more of there are, de- there are many different ways to get there. However, I will also say too that there's been fantastic outstanding world-class you 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 put the superlative in pick it and and do with it what you want to do but world-class turf before any of this stuff was marketed and sold and bought right so is it necessary Mm -hmm. that's a pretty strong term necessary right does it help in certain cases definitely does it apply to everybody and does it does it need to be a part of a program for somebody to say, hey, it's going to be successful or it's not? Or to not only that, but predictably and definite, definitively say, hey, because I used X, Y, or Z product that was humic, natural, organic, whatever the case might be, this was going to be a successful you know, stand of turf. Nobody can say that. Nobody can say that. And so that's where it gets into these product claims and what we have to sort through and sift through as consumers, right? It doesn't matter if we're the newest kid on the block or the most seasoned pro. We all have to sift through this stuff and find out what's going to work best for us. And so I like what Robert's done. He's armed himself with not only the knowledge, right, and going through the Master Gardener program, which, again, I think a lot of that transposes over into turf, the basics of it, right? And he's also built himself a network of people that he can – one vet bs through right and then take their bs and vet it through other sources and that's really what a network is all about is you know you try to meet people smarter than you but you also trust but verify right you're in the military you know what that's like right trust (laughs) Trust but verify verify. that is golden words and what and what and words matter and pete i'm like you said that's not what you said the 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 statement organic is the way to go for long-term success comes with an implication to me that you are, uh, you are, you are saying that that is the way to go. Like that is the only way to go. If I misinterpret it, I apologize, but I just don't want that to be like the, the, the kind of say I use everything that you said in my lawn. I use humic, I use seaweed. Um, but to say that that's the only way to success is a stretch. And I'm glad that's not what you meant. If that's your preferred route, go for it, brother. Go for it. Okay, and and the last thing, yeah, yeah, it's it. it, I I, again, I don't necessarily judge people on what they use, right? I'm just more of, do you have all the facts, and are you making a good decision, right? And so, some of this we will get into on the after show because there was a good topic that came up this week that is not public show worthy, but will be an excellent, excellent after show fodder for this group, I'm sure. And so um, <laughs> I, I just want to get back, you know, get back into the whole thing of product choices is you choose what you're comfortable with and what you see and what gets results. And people are going to criticize that to no end, uh, no matter where you're at, what you're doing, how you're doing it. But again, you have to ask yourself, am I buying hype? Am I buying hope or am I buying what I know will work? Right. And at the end of the day, only you can be that judge. Um 
but I do think that there are definitely things that are out there now, not necessarily humic as a, as a whole, not necessarily natural organic as a whole. It's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that um, there are lots of claims that are made with any product that you should trust but verify before you make statements of this is the way you need to go or whatever. Pete, if we if we took your words and twisted them, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe you were being facetious and, and, and we just railed on you for three minutes here for no good reason. But uh, at least we got to get on our soapbox. You know, Robert got fired up about it. I got fired up about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pete. I, I really am. If that's if I if I misinterpreted, like I said, I'm sorry. I apologize. And if I didn't, then I meant what I said. So that's it. So, OK. Now, and the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, with VMTs and one real quick, I had to throw this in there. Jay Pink, can you roll that video I sent you? Because people were criticizing oh, yeah. me in the chat and I, I got to set this straight. I got to set uh, this straight. On. Let me. I'm going to hold on and then we'll get into one. Uh, there's a little article I want to go into. This is power washing porn. Now, tell me this is not the most satisfying shit you're going to watch all week long. I could sit here and watch yeah, this for nice. hours. Oh, Look, isn't it great? What is that? What is that? I don't even know. That's the thing is like, I, I watched it. I feel like. I feel like a long care noob when that's I watch LG. this because I want to learn. It's LG, guys. It's like a I don't, thickly accumulated it doesn't matter LG what it is. on concrete. It doesn't matter what it is, Ray. Look at it. It's getting destroyed. Well, Ray, it's, don't ruin this for us. <laughs> I don't care what it is. It could be dirt. It could be, you know, this guy could be the jizz mopper at the local peep show. I don't care. I'm enjoying <laughs> what I'm seeing. All right? So... I just wanted to set the record straight. This is power washing porn. You can go on to uh, Reddit, find this stuff. It, it instantly pumps me up. It's weird. It's it's not erotic, but I enjoy it. So, okay. Back to the show again here after I qualified that comment. Um, J-Pink, I, I sent that article in Dirty Deeds. If you can pull that up real quick. I, I want to kind of go through this here as we sort of round out the show and, and and get here you know we've got a little bit of time left for sure to talk about this but i thought this was a really interesting article and it's interesting in the sense that this is from middle america but you know um robert you're in a really really kind of dicey area location wise you know in terms of maryland chesapeake bay you know ray ray mentioned the fertilizer restrictions and things like that but also Absolutely. there's certain counties in maryland right that have outright banned pesticides we've talked about those on the show before um you know so this this article and let me see uh, this this thing is coming from iowa state and it's the idea that we shouldn't mow our lawn in may as a sign or a symbol to allow nature to take its course and for the lawn to be free because the lawn, I, I think the quote from the article was something to the effect of the lawn provides no benefit to the environment whatsoever. I got to take a big deep breath on that one. When I say it, you do get 36% off of whatever that coupon code was there too, as JP flashed <laughs> by. Uh, but the, okay. So it's to bring awareness to non-native lawns that we tend to think are perfect when in fact they're not. All right. So, so Jenny, Mitchell, I'm sure she's a great lady, nice person, might be a mom, a sister, a daughter to somebody, and she's just got a really bad opinion, bad take on this one. They contribute nothing to our environment whatsoever. When we know that the, the, the truth of the matter and the benefits of turf grass, if we look at this, right, if you folks are longtime followers of the Grass Factory and you listen to him on the radio, he used to do that, uh, that segment called Bono's Turf, if you remember that. 
I'm not going to even try to do the jingle, but it was the greatest little intro ever. I wish we could play the MP3 right now. But in any regard, the the idea that turf is not being a carbon sink for one and filtering the water and, and um, controlling erosion and things like that that's coming into it, that's number one. Number two, if we were to let these lawns grow up this tall, right? It talks about pollinators and everything like that. I've got nothing against pollinators. I think they're they're great, and I think there's a way to incorporate, you know, in in certain senses, a lawn that supports those type of uh, insects, right? And so, when it comes down to it, when we grow these lawns up, then people are going to start complaining. Well, we've got noxious weeds that are growing up because we're not mowing our lawn you know, low enough or more or frequent enough. And we've got ticks and we've got all these other problems that you know, rodents and things like that, that, that kind of in uh, get, come into consciousness that are already, already there. Right. But we're putting a, a situation in a, an environment that's right for them to develop. Right. And to become a problem. So again, I asked the question of Ray and even Robert, you know, on your level is, where does this article land with you guys uh, in terms of the, the statement that they provide no benefit to the environment whatsoever? I yeah, I have a lot to say about this because even well, I when don't. I was a kid, you want me to go no, first? When, even when <laughs> I was a kid, here's what I became very aware of. It is normally about 80 something degrees low 90s you know here except for maybe five months out of the year that's just constant temperature and it's also humid as heck but what i noticed is that when i was running across a green well-watered mowed lawn that was like the one place that wasn't hot and later on, you know, when I became able to read and, you know, analyze and, you know, et cetera, here's why. It's because that turf grass is basically taking the heat and utilizing it to grow, whereas something like concrete or rocks or even like, you know, one of the hottest places I I can step into is a field full of dried out weeds. That is just gnarly hot. So everybody is, you know, in a tizzy about climate change, right? One of the hedges against climate change is having as much green live grass as we can get so that the heat out of the atmosphere the heat generated by you know our urban lives gets removed and gets put to something and that use would be you take that heat and you use it to grow green grass i mean that's just uh so i beg to differ because by the way uh, Ryan, you're you're probably familiar with this. How hot does synthetic turf get on a sunny day? On a sunny day, higher than on a sunny degrees. 
Oh, more than 10 degrees higher on a, on a sunny day. I think we talked, I don't know if we talked about this on the public show or a private show, but we, we modeled this right for the hottest months mm-hmm. of the year. So from June through September, hottest we ever recorded turf was 167 degrees. Hottest we ever recorded natural grass was about 98 degrees. And that was on a day that it was almost, it was pretty much 98 degrees out that day. Blacktop, I think the hottest was about 150 or so. So synthetic turf was actually the warmest surface that we measured. You could melt your molded cleats, like your baseball cleats or football cleats on that stuff. That's how hot it was. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's what I, that's what I thought because, okay. The only <laughs> big stadium that we got here in Hawaii has synthetic turf. And I remember there's a reason why they never play any daytime games there. Or they avoid doing it, especially not until December. And do you guys know why? Because the, the poor football. I don't. Yeah, because the poor football players would probably all get heat stroke if they had to play on that turf, like say in September during the daytime. That that would kill all the guys. So no, that's legit. That's legit. I mean, it's, it's, and it's also just like skin burns and things like that. So you're mm-hmm. right that the, the moderation of temperature is another, another benefit, right? To it. So again, I, these, these articles always come out and I'm always curious of like, you know, Robert, you're in a completely different train of thought as a homeowner or, you know, not necessarily a professional, but you're, you know, you enjoy and you're a hobbyist in your lawn. So where does this land with somebody who's, you know, got some of the knowledge, the baseline stuff for the master gardener stuff, has some good experience and everything like that? How does this sit with you and you see things like this that are kind of clickbaity, I guess, a little bit? Yeah, definitely clickbaity. Um, I tell you what, like when I read the article, she started off good and then towards the end, I was like, cool. But she messed up for me in the middle, right? Where she's claiming that, you know, the turf essentially serves no purpose. Now, I like the idea of let your lawn overgrow as a symbol to plant more flowers, because that was a very good narrative. Um, But whenever you attack the turf as if it serves no purpose, um, I can go outside right now, walk around, or you lay down on my turf right now, you will have bugs on you and they will come back inside with you because there's insects Mm -hmm. very much living inside of my turf. So the statement, I mean, being an entomologist, I get it. Like you're all about insects. Those, it takes a unique person to study uh, entomology anyway, (laughs) but to lead in (laughs) with a statement that bold and that just, when everyone, I I am, whenever, whenever someone is, uh, very firm on something like they're just absolutely a hundred percent firm on it. I usually tend to run the other direction. Whenever you're that sure of yourself and what you're saying and you, and, and there's no wiggle room, right? There's no room for error or growth. That is automatically a flag to me. And I love the message, the intent of getting people to plant more stuff because that's what I try to do on my channel. Um, I show you how you can have the lawn and the garden if you're responsible but telling people not to mow their lawn because it serves no purpose is just a very ignorant thing to say. And I would expect better from a person who has studied for an extensive amount of time in academia. 
And that's when I just translate the whole thing to um, clickbait and throw, and throw it away because you've lost your purpose. Like you opened up strong, then you lost me in the middle and then you closed well. And if you would have just stayed with the topic of like, like kind of like no shave November, Movember for males, let's not shave our mustaches to raise awareness on men's health. Got it. I can get behind that. That's solid. That, but saying let's all grow our mustaches because shaving them, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like, I don't, I, I don't even know where to go with that, but you get what I'm saying. Like something that's just not true. Like if you grow your mustache, you'll take five years off your life. Just like, that's our righteous statement. So I really think that those titles are driven for ticks and all the daggone ads that we saw pop across the screen, which just irritates me. It's irritating. It's not true. You know, I agree. And the, and on the mustache thing, you know, that to let your grass, you know, let your mustache grow out. I mean, everybody knows that bigger flavor savers are better for the environment. I mean, that's just the way it goes. So you know, guys, if you're going out with a girl, <laughs> I mean, go. just remember that, you know, the bigger, the duster you have, the better you're going to be, you know, even in yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe. I don't Ryan know. says it right here. He says, uh, native grass area in the last few weeks is, cr- yeah, it's crazy. Ryan, she drove me. Cr- oh, you pulled me up. Here we go. That was a, uh, yeah. that was a <laughs> lunch break saga right there. Lunch break. Yeah, those are the ASUs. Um, that was a lunch break saga. We had a board that day, and uh, I was showing the production on, which is actually filled in quite a bit uh, since I, that little video. But I was coming home every day during the uh, weekend. I mean, during the week for lunch. And I was finding and discovering something in my backyard every single day. And it was a really cool week for me. So I just, you know, hopped on and figured I'd do shorts, you know. But, yep, that's me in, in my ASU's Army service uniform. <laughs> Hot damn. So tell, tell us, you know, here, you know, as we, as we start to round this out is, you know, what are your goals for this year? I mean, obviously with the, okay, so with moving and everything like that, like, this is a good, this is a good thing. Cause you know, people are selling houses right now and everything like that. I know, um, I, I don't know if you know, John Ware from the lawn form, he's getting ready. He's building a new house right now. And so he's, I thought I saw him mention this the other day that he's got this sweet, I mean, it is the sweetest lawn you'll ever see. Right. And he was talking about people buying his house and somebody asked him, Hey, are they excited about the lawn? And they're like, he was like, they don't even care. Like they don't even care. And it's like, <laughs> this dude has put like so much time and effort and everything. And these people are just going to be like, yeah, I'll mow it like once a week and maybe do something to it. I don't know. But in any regard, I guess goals wise, like you said, you might have 90 days ish. We know how the army is. Hurry up and wait. So what's the goals in, you know, you don't have to lead, you know, lead on to where you're going or anything like that, but how are you yeah. going to kind of like shut things down and how are you going to prepare yourself for maybe going somewhere different to scale up towards the end of the growing season, most likely, or, or near the end of it. Right. So how does that work for right. you? Um, really the first step is figuring out exactly where I'm going and when, <laughs> as soon as I know those things, I can start backwards planning. And that's why I mm-hmm. uh, adapt, adaptive planning so well, because that's been my life since 15 years. So as soon as I know what that date is, then I will effectively start a backwards plan to end on some note. Like I, it's kind of bittersweet to end in the middle of clearly much. My, my lawn's probably going to look the worst it will look 
um, for the entire year if I leave around July because it's going to be like yeah. semi dormant. It's going to be stressed out, and I'll be leaving like, oh well, there's nothing I can do here. And then within, I'll be in a similar position as John. I'm sure the next person who moves in here, they're not going to like. They'll admire it when they first get in here, but they're not going to do the basic cultural practices to maintain it. The average, average, the average person nowadays just does not have patience, and they don't have the discipline to maintain a quality turf just by doing mowing, feeding, and watering. Most people can't do it. So um, I guess the goal for me is to make a clean break um, and then get to where I'm going and maybe try to predict the the stuff that I'll need before I get there, which is even hard to do. I don't know, man. I have no clue. Just like ask me in a couple weeks when I actually know. No, no. Sure. That's, and that's, <laughs> and the, like, that, well, but that's the I messiness of life. Is, yeah, it's it's it. Life's yeah. messy like that, right? And you got to just like you. I I like that adaptive planning thing. I think I'm going to use that, right? There's probably an army field manual somewhere yeah. that I can read yeah. on adaptive planning, right? So That's exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so That's when you thing. go somewhere new, when you go somewhere new, I mean, it, this is more of like okay, now that you know what you know. What would be your, you know, whatever, three-step, five-step, whatever plan of, like, obviously, it sounds like getting a soil test is going to be number one or near the top. But what are some other things that you're going to try and do to assess? So I'm going to show up. I'm going to knock out a soil test. Uh, If there's an extension office in the area, I'm going to get plugged in with them, figure out what my trends are for my area. If I have, I'll mm-hmm. go and I'll find the nicest lawn in the block, go knock on that person's door and ask them if he hired it or if he does it himself and ask him, hey, do we have brown patch in this area? Do, what kind of fungus do we deal with if it's even that kind of environment? Identifying my grass properly this time because I kind of skipped that step on the side plot and I just made some assumptions. So that's like the core, like showing up, soil test, doing my historical data research, reaching out to the extension office, figuring out the habits and the natures of my climates, trends, uptrends, downtrends and really just getting in tune with that as much as possible so I can start to make an adaptive plan. Because, you know, you plan all day, you know, and plans are great, but then Mm -hmm. when the balloon goes up, you can pretty much take that plan and throw it away. But you make plans and you never stop making plans because when you're faced with these different scenarios and variables, it's not all foreign to you. You're very familiar Mm -hmm. with your, to me, because it's like my area of operation. This is my theater campaign plan for my lawn and i need to know as much information about this lawn as possible and then have enough of fundamental um techniques and tactics and have a few tools in my bag to where i can execute the goal which is at the end of the day to have a beautiful lawn and garden so that that would be i love it as soon as i show up to yeah and then learn all the new local state rules and regulations because that's 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 (laughs) like maryland you know, blackout zones. Like I accidentally figured that out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally figured it. Yeah. Not by somebody yeah. knocking on your door and saying, excuse me, Mr. Palmer. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just reading. I was just reading the article and I read all the way down to the bottom of the article and they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, you, you're, you're a blackout zone. There's a blackout. I was like, Oh snap. I didn't even know we had a blackout zone. And so, or I think it was on the, it was on a bag of fertilizer. That's what it was. I bought a oh. bag of fertilizer and I was reading the bag of fertilizer and on there, I learned two things. I learned, although I already had my soil test done, I was good, but it says you cannot apply phosphorus products in Maryland without having a soil test. 
And then it said, do not apply any more than 0.9 pounds for homeowners of nitrogen at any one given time. And then it also mm-hmm. said, make sure that you're not applying during blackout dates and uh, periods. And I don't know what bag of fertilizer that was, but it was all on the bag. And I was like, oh, let me get into this a little bit more. So, Well, read and again, <laughs> read the label. Yep, read the label. That's right. Ray, if you could just, you know, in a few you know seconds, minutes, whatever here, just, you know, as we wrap up is... What would you be looking for? You go on a lot of new properties and, you know, in in, in the simple sense, you know, it, without, you know, getting too Ray or too Ryan into this, because there's about <laughs> a thousand things that we, we'd be asking questions. And I mean, you know me, but, but if you had to break it down into like the top, you know, three, four, five things, if you were walking on a new property that you would advise homeowners and and folks like Robert to look at and and try to understand about their new grass, their new situation, their new garden, whatever the case might be. What are those things from your perspective? Number one, know what kind of grass and, you know, even landscape plants and trees you've got, you know, going on in that uh, landscape. Uh, Number two, figure out how that, area is going to get water that's like Mm -hmm. a big one for me is water uh i cannot say that or emphasize that enough because one of my old bosses from you know almost 30 years ago he basically sat me down and he told me if you have proper irrigation you can make plants do anything and if you don't have it, uh, that's like the first thing you'd better be working on. And number three on that is get your soil test. Mm-hmm. Get your soil test. And then number four and five, I suppose, would be understand any kind of local restrictions regarding, you know, pesticides or fertilizers. And that would be basically what I look at. Yeah. I mean, uh, it sounds like Robert's uh, adaptive planning matched up with Ray pretty strongly there. So that's that's awesome to see. So awesome. Well, hey, anything that we didn't cover, my camera just dropped out, but don't mind that. Uh, anything that we didn't cover, Robert, that you wanted to ask about real quick? Uh, I would love to dive into GDDs, but I know that I'm just going to have to be on the phone with you one day because I know Ooh, I just uh, tickled, uh, you, tickled your fitting, funny bone. And everyone keeps talking Ooh. about my app. Uh, what's the name of my app? My my app is Turf Therapy. It is it is a fertilizer calculator. And before you go and run and buy, I need you to understand that the app is for calculating your desired rate of nitrogen, phosphorus, or potassium, and that the rates for the liquid is not for the size of the container that you're spraying out of. It is for the volume. It is for uh, the volume of the container of fertilizer that you're using. So I think a lot of people dive in thinking that it's one thing, but it's not. But you got to read the instructions. You have to read. And I got little eye things there that'll help you along. Um, it's not perfect. I wanted to do a lot more with it, but I put my own money into it. It's not free. That was a heck of an investment of me not wanting 
to deal with math anymore, especially on the liquid end. Granular is pretty easy. Liquid, it just annoys me sometimes because I'll get stupid out there in the middle of the sun. So I, I made this app. I, I, I made that happen. And uh, before before I released this app, there was nothing like it. Now, now there's a few options out there. But mine's is not it, free. It, I was going to make it free, and then I decided I wasn't going to do that So because I put my own money and hard work into it. That's is it Android only? Free. No, it's, it's in both Google and Apple. So, right. uh, yeah, it's in both of those stores. It's 99 cents. That's it. And they just search um, ter- Turf Therapy? Just Turf Therapy, and it'll pop up. Yeah. So thank you if you bought the app. Uh, and if you don't like the app, if you got Android, you can download it and delete it and get a refund within, I think, 24 or 48 hours. Apple, well, I'm sure you wasted 99 cents on something. So I appreciate your donation. <laughs> no question. Now that 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 GDD thing, that's that's a deep dive, man. We'll we'll have to do a video yeah. on that or something sometime. It's 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 yeah, a we, good topic. And especially if you're into gardening, like it's a really big deal. It's a really because yeah. everybody thinks it's just turf. I mean, any plant you can think of, we can get a phenological calendar for it, right? And we can talk about bud emergence, leaf emergence, fruit emergence, right? Like all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a really, really important topic that it's, it's a good guide point and a good, um, you know, waypoint setting for, Hey, when am I going to, when should I expect to see this? Or when should I start looking for this? And to your point about being out in the lawn, you know, as much as you can, if not every day to take a look at things, it's going to help you understand what you should be anticipating. Right. And that's such a big piece of, of what we do is not being reactive, right? But being uh, responsive and being anticipatory. And I'm sure it's the same in your job, right? Like uh, <laughs> you don't want to be reactive in EOD. <laughs> That's not a good no, thing, I don't think. No, huh? no. You, you show up and you just figure out how would I kill me? That's what I do when I go to the scene. <laughs> how would I kill me? And then I do the exact opposite of everything that I would do to kill myself. And it it's worked out for me. I'm still here. Uh, you're, you're you're talking to us right now so so on that note thank thank you deeply and greatly for your service honestly thank you so much for everything that you've done for this country for the lawn care community the gardening community it's uh it, it's a fantastic story man i can't say enough about what you've done and i know what you will do in the future so ray anything to add as we close this thing out no i think uh you are just uh basically you're the kind of YouTuber that we like to see. Mm-hmm. We really like to see folks like you because you've taken an interest. You are like absolutely adamant about doing the right thing. I mean, that is actually a quality that we find rare on YouTube nowadays when it pertains to lawn care. It's more a matter of how much can I do it wrong and get clicks almost yeah. where, yeah. you know, you keep it light, you keep it, you, you know, you keep it fun, but at the same time, it's all about doing things right. And I really admire that in people. You know, I, I totally admire that. that. I know I mean, it's a lot coming from you. No, because it's no, it's easy to it's easy to impress me, but it's also very easy for me to say, 
uh no <laughs> no <laughs> so you know you you just uh you know you just keep on doing what you're doing and uh you know thank you for what else you do because uh i'm not sure i could live with handling high explosives or even very unstable and amateurishly made low explosives i couldn't do it <laughs> yeah. i feel hey, the same if way you guys... about combat medics <laughs> i was just gonna say if you guys do uh download his app go ahead and leave him a review that that matters yeah absolutely that, so on that same token where where can folks find out more about you and interact with you both on obviously on youtube but other social media platforms I'm on IG. Usually when I'm on IG, it's literally just like little quirks of the day. I'm going to keep the um, Lunch Day Sagas uh, series going uh, whenever my schedule allows. Uh, but I'm really busy. I, I tend to work a very lot of hours during the week. But whenever I have a free week, you'll tell because you'll see a lot of me. you know. And then when you see me disappear for a little while, it's literally because uh, I'm busy at work. So balancing lawn, gardening, military, still going TDY, completing the mission. It's a lot to juggle. So I'm not around all the time, but uh, when I'm there, I try to be engaging. If you email me, sometimes it gets me, sometimes I take up to a week to respond to an email, but you can also email me and that's in the about section on my YouTube channel um, as well. So IG, I do have a Facebook channel, but literally it's just an extension of my uh ig i'm not really over there as much so if you want to find me ig is probably the quickest way email the second way and then the third way would just be drop a comment on the video awesome well this is going to wrap up the show the regular show but but if you are a subscriber to the grass factor youtube channel you will get access inside the discord on dirty deeds if you don't know what that is you'll have to subscribe right now i will say and we'll give the same disclaimer that my uh younger and less hairy brother matt always does it is not for the faint of heart there will be bad words there will be strong takes and we might even i don't know talk a little bit of shit it's hard to say but with that being said <laughs> if you do want to join us please come over. Please go ahead and subscribe right now. That link will be live for 10 minutes. 10 minutes only. It will disappear from the face of this earth thereafter. Nobody will ever see, hear, or speak of this ever again. With that being said, Robert, thank you so very much for everything that you've done for the lawn care community, for our country, and I wish you well, sir. Thank you. Thank you. 